going to read verse 1 through 13, I believe, this morning. Yeah, uh, second, second chapter of the song. Okay. <clears throat> Solomon's song. There's several songs, you know, but <laughs> yeah, brother's gonna preach to us. I believe he said soon on all the songs or the psalms. Most of them have been put to music. Several of them are in the song books we have if we'd look in them. Chapter 2 and verse 1, he said, I am a rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. And then my first thought come when I read this, that how beautiful, how beautiful. The lilies, some of them putting up now, you know, fixing bloom. But I also thought like this too, how sad it is that most people don't appreciate that beauty. They look to something else most of the time. Set as a lily among the thorns, and so is my love among the daughters, as an apple tree among the trees of the wood. So is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow, his delight, uh, sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. He first loved us. <clears throat> said, stay me with flagons, comfort me with apples, for I am sick of love or love sick. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand doth embrace me. I charge you, O ye daughters of Jerusalem. He's getting a little more specific here. It's his people. By the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up nor wake my love till he please. The voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains and skipping up on the hills. My beloved is like a roe or a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind the wall. He looks forth as windows, at the windows and showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spake and said unto me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. So for lo, the winter's past, and the rain is over and gone, and the flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing of birds is come, and the voice of a turtle is heard in our land, or the turtle dove. And the fig tree putteth forth her green figs, and the vines with their tender grape give a good smell. 
Isn't it good? When the springtime comes, you get that spring smell. It's what he's told me. It's a renewing, a renewing of all things. It has rest, didn't it? Come back. The fig tree put forth her green figs, and the vines with tender grapes to give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. When I read this, I go back up to verse 9. I think it's significant here. Uh, they're talking about being in the banqueting house. And then he goes down here, and he, my beloved is like a young heart. Behold, he standeth behind the wall, and showeth himself through the lattice. It's not a clear vision. It's obstructed some by lattice. Uh, Brother Paul asked me some time back to do a study on the building of the temple. See what I could come up with spiritually speaking. Quite a few things. The old temple was an amazing building. Put together with stone. They had come hewn already. It was prefab job. <laughs> yeah, didn't want any any axe or chisels on it when it got to the house. It had to be a finished product and put together. And uh, it was quite a spectacular building. But he's talking about the windows here, and I found out the windows in that building were very narrow, uh, rounded at the top, and they were inset. They stepped in into the building, and then lattice in the windows. When I thought on these things, I thought about what a blessed time we live in when the lattice has been removed, and the window has been opened up, and the light shines out to us. Oh, better than ever before in any time. So we are a much blessed people in that we have a better vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where it was, it had a lattice over it, it wasn't a full vision. They were taught by parables and visions types and shadows and they were very obscure they were hard to see matter of fact we'll put it this way with man it was absolutely impossible to see because of the veil that was put before the most holy place where the Lord would reign <clears throat> so they didn't see too good. But it's a progressing thing. The Lord was always instructing and teaching in all things in the building of the temple. Uh, I think it's one of the major parts of the Old Testament 
is the building of that temple. One thing, if people come forth willingly and brought all the material to build the temple. And when we apply it to our day, it's the same way the people bring to the house of the Lord to provide for a place to serve Him. And then in that temple is His people. Matter of fact, the temple is the people. When it's stacked up block, block upon block, block upon block, it's the kind of way we see things. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. And it's still in the building. But we see more clearly in our day than it could in their day. Because we have this book we call the Bible. The Apostle Paul called it the whole counsel of God. So we have that to instruct us in the ways of righteousness. In the book of Isaiah, the 11th chapter, I said this was a progression of things. It progresses all the way to the last book, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's complete in itself. 11 chapter, verse 1, He said, And there shall come a rod out of the stem of Jesse. A branch shall go forth out of his roots. I said we are a blessed, most blessed people because the types and the shadows have been removed. And now... In our day, the last days, the Lord has come Himself to speak to us. And He speaks over and over and over. It is our duty to hear. That's our responsibility, if you will. If you shuck that responsibility, then it's dire straits. Lord says over and over and over, here's the commandments to do this and live. So that's what we do if we be in the Lord. There's one coming. He said, And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And certainly that is the whole thing. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But he's going to be quick to learn this. He's not going to be slow like us. But he's going to come and speak to us in clear terms. I'm the way. I'm the way. Come unto me, all ye that weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So he is the way, and he shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor 
and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And that's the way he teaches us with the rod of his mouth. Continues. Uh, you don't have to call a brother off to the side most of the time about what's going on with him if it's not right. If you just preach to him, he'll get it. The Lord's going to speak through his people. And there isn't any doubt about that. It's an absolute sure thing. And he said, The righteous shall be the righteous shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle, girdle of his reign. So he's come. He has come. I said before all things with the Lord is present or past tense. He has come and brought salvation unto his people. They want to teach you today that Lord loves everybody. But make no mistake about it, he's going to judge in righteousness. So the Lord loves those that are his, the called out body. We could just put it in lumps on the church. That's who he loves and that's who he's come to. That's who he was sent for to under his church. That's who he died for, his church. Gave himself for his church. I kind of don't like that idea of a personal Savior for that very reason. Is the Lord certainly saves people individually. But the whole just of it is he's saving all those to put into his church. One body, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one church, one body. All the same. So, it do us well to appreciate our day when we can come into this place, especially in our land. Freedom to come to the house of the Lord. And if man be saved, then he has liberty also, a different freedom. Liberated. They might worship. If man doesn't have liberty to worship, he can't worship. Must be liberated. In the 38th chapter of Isaiah, been reading the book this week, brother. It's pretty good. It's kind of like a morning and evening uh, thing, but it's good. Good book. Yeah, I'm pretty much through it. 38th chapter. I guess about, let's go back to 11, 11th verse. I said, I shall not see the Lord, even the Lord, in the land of the living. 
I shall behold man no more with the inhabitants of the world. Mine age, he's talking, talking about Hezekiah here now, mine age is departed and is removed from me. He is terribly sick on his deathbed. He done turned the wall low and prayed, and he got results. He's going to extend his life a little bit, let him look a little bit longer. Mine age is departed and is removed from me as a shepherd's tent. I have cut off, I am cut off like a weaver. My life, he will cut me off with pining sickness. From day even to night, wilt thou make an end of me? I reckoned until morning. You ever do that? I've done that a couple of days this week. Wake up at 3 o'clock with something on my mind I couldn't get rid of, you know. So I reckon he'd reckon till the morning. As a lion, so will he break all my bones. From day even to night wilt thou make an end of me. Lord, he's put his mouth against him. He has spoken. So like a crane or a swallow, so did I chatter. That's about all he could do, was make some chattering. He done come before the Lord. It's pretty serious stuff. <clears throat> I did mourn as a dove. Mine eyes failed with looking upward. Oh, Lord, I'm oppressed. Undertake for me. What shall I say? He hath both spoken unto me, and himself hath done it. I shall go softly all my years in the bitterness of my soul. What's he going to do? What shall I say? What shall I say? What will I reply unto the Lord? Old Job said, when he was asked that, he didn't have any answer. He said, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. I'm going to curve and I'm not going to talk anymore. So we need ourselves to be careful when we're approached to the Lord. Don't be too high-minded. The Lord doesn't like that. He likes humbleness. When we come to pray, we humble ourselves. To come unto the Lord. If, if we don't come with repentance and humbleness, there isn't any reason to come. You hear, you hear Brother Dunn? I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take the tongs and go get a coal off of the altar and put it on his lips, yeah. <clears throat> But he said, I, I, I did chatter. He couldn't have answer. He didn't have an answer. Nothing he could say unto the Lord God Almighty. In the Ezekiel book of Ezekiel, the 43rd chapter, 
Where is Bruce this morning? Forty-third chapter and verse ten. Thou son of man, son of man, show the house to the house of Israel. We're gonna go back to the temple again, to the house. What was so great about this house was it was perfect. Lord sent all the workers to do all the work cut the lumber, put it in place, overlay it with gold, hang all the curtains. By the way, if you go back to the old temple, the old tent temple, it was the same way. He gave instructions. It had to be built absolutely perfect. Couldn't have any flaws in it. Had to be a good house. So what? If it's perfect, that's what we need to look at. So it's a picture also, a, a type and a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Both the old tabernacle and temple also. Because they were perfect. Don't bring a block out here and go chipping on it. Put a good block. So, Show them the pattern. That's what we try to do now. What is our pattern? Lord Jesus Christ has come in our day and set the pattern. Show them the house. That they may be ashamed of their iniquities. And let them measure the pattern. Don't just look at it. Measure it out. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept. Continue to look at it, measure it out. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, show them the form of the house and the fashion thereof and the goings out thereof and the comings in thereof and all the forms thereof. Show them the whole thing. Call a solemn assembly and read them the whole law. Don't leave anything out. Show them all the form of it. And all the ordinances thereof. And all the forms thereof. And all the laws thereof. And write it, write it in their sight that they may keep the whole form thereof and all the ordinances thereof, and do them. Do this and live. Take hold of this is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof round about shall be most holy. Period. Most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. It's a holy place. Holy place of worship. It's a holy place where the Lord reigns among His people upon the throne of mercy. 
holy place, the most holy room in the temple, had a veil over it. Priests had to go in with with blood one time a year and offer the sacrifice for the people. But that wasn't what the Lord was looking for. He was looking for mercy. That's the reason we have the mercy seat. He put it in place, Lord Jesus Christ, in that position up on the seat high and lifted up, He said, in His train following. High and lifted up on the mercy seat. Not only that, but they, they safeguarded the whole thing with the cherubim. One on each side, and their wings reached out and touched from wall to wall. Covered the whole thing under the wings. Under the wings of God the Father. He took care of His people. This is the law of the house up on the top of the mountain. It's up on the high place. Holy and high hill. Over in the book of Isaiah again, the 60th chapter. Verse 1, he said, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. The Lord has come in these last days. Thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It has, has come. He said, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. That's where we was, wasn't we? Back in types and shadows. And gross darkness of people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Lift up thy eyes round about and see all they that gather themselves together, they come to thee, the church. Thy son shall come from far, and thy daughter shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see, and flow together, and thine heart shall fear. And be enlarged because because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. Out of all the people, all the people I'm going to call out a people. Every tribe and tongue from the sea, all the sea shall be converted unto thee. 
in the forces of the Gentiles, the Gentiles shall come unto thee. All that began with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he come upon the scene and began to instruct his people. In chapter 66 then, verse 5 hear the word of the Lord that's, that's our instruction simple simple ye that tremble at his word your brethren that hated you that cast you out for my name's sake said let the Lord be glorified that he shall appear to your joy. They're all going to say, yeah, I believe in God. But they don't all really believe in God. But it shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. A voice of noise from the sea. A voice from the temple. There's, where's the temple today? In the church. That's where the voice comes. And it said, The voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. Before she transveiled, the brought forth, she brought forth, before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Who hath heard such a thing? First seed, the first seed has come, come upon this earth. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Such things shall earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as thine travailed, she brought forth her children. The time was right. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? Saith the Lord, shall I come to bring forth and shut the womb? Saith the Lord, rejoice ye with Jerusalem and be glad with her. All ye that love her, Rejoice for joy with her, all that mourn for her, that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her, to her, to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles shall suck uh, glory of the Gentiles behold the glory of the Gentiles lost my flow like a flowing stream then shall they suck ye shall be born upon her sides like a little child is told me and be dandled up on her knees as one whom his mother comforteth so will I comfort you, 
and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. That's where the temple's at. In the very center. It's the lifeblood of Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often would I gather you together? And you would not. But this is where we come to receive the Word of the Lord that it might correct us and keep us going in the paths of righteousness. In Second Peter, book of Second Peter, First verse, now I guess in verse 16. Several so, well, we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power in the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He reigns. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from an excellent glory. Glory upon glory. Excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard. When we were with him in the holy mount. Oh yes, it is good to be up here with you. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. This scripture has long caught my attention in our day. We don't have any excuse. All the types and the shadows have been removed. And the Lord Himself has come and spake to us. Have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. Since you've got this word, it's complete, it's the whole counsel of God, you'd do good to take heed and see what it has to say. Take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until you got to be diligent and keep on. You can't stop the first vision until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. I take this two ways. It didn't really need any interpretation. It was interpreted when it's written down. But the Scripture, one Scripture backs up the other Scripture on and on. So it interprets itself line upon line again. Line upon line, precept upon precept. The Scripture of no private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. That's the reason it's so good. 
Man didn't mess it up. Can you? you cannot mess up the Word of God. You can make a mess out of it, but you can't mess it up. Lord, when He wrote it, He wrote it to where it couldn't be messed up. Can't be thwarted in any kind of way. It is a sure, we have a more sure word of prophecy. But it came not by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Where do you get your word? Handing out Bibles won't do it. They help. May help somebody start to look, but they won't get it until the Holy Ghost brings it and puts that spirit. The spirit we read about just a while ago, the Lord had, until He puts that spirit within you, then all else is vain. Man doesn't have anything to say, he just covers his mouth with. I don't have anything else to say.